You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about legends. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, my man. I am having a uh, good time. I am riding high, oh, riding low and high. It feels like a roller coaster trying to make it to the <laughs> middle end of this week because, oh, sweet heaven, there is going to be warm and Mickey Mouse ears everywhere around me because I'm going to Disney World, baby. It's like I just won a championship at a major sporting event. <laughs> You're going to Disney this week. That is, you know, man, that's very exciting. That's exciting stuff. There's, uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff at Disney. It's a nerd heaven. Well, okay, it's becoming more of a nerd heaven, right? Because sure. they have like all the Star Wars stuff now, and we're taking a day and we're going over to Harry Potter World. I'm a big, huge Harry Potter fan. Bring him a wand that activates in the whole park and everything like that. So I'm I'm gonna be uh, walking around like a like a ten year old, just like pushing kids out of the way and be like, "It's my turn. I'm gonna do the cool thing at this at this side of the park." So my wife is probably gonna you have know- to contain me. You know, the worst part about this is, is that you're not even a a Star Wars fan. So all of the Star Wars amazing intricacies are going to be lost on you. But have I? You are right. You are absolutely right. But have (laughs) I? It's okay. It's not that I don't appreciate Star Wars. I don't appreciate it to the level that you and Mark do. But have I not already asked both of you, what do you want me to bring you back from Star Wars, from from Galaxy's Edge? Because I'm committed, man. He has. When your yes. best friend, when you go, when you go to a cool place that your best friends would love, you you bring them back something. That's true. I I uh, from the last time you went to Disney World, like five years ago or whatever, I still have my uh, BB-8 shirt, uh, t-shirt that he got me from last time. Oh yeah, it's a good friend that goes to Disney World and brings something back for you. Oh you know? yeah, uh, yes it is. So so I'm excited. Um, yeah, but I, I'm also I can also say that I, I, I am undoubtedly jealous of uh, I want to go to Star Wars land or whatever it's called, because uh, I remember as a little kid going to Disney World and seeing like my my dad didn't tell me they had Star Wars stuff at Disney World because I was a huge Star Wars fan. They had to hide the VHS tapes, tapes from me um, and uh, and walking around the corner. And there's that big I guess I think it's MGM Studios There's that big like um, AT-AT. Uh, that's like looming over everything. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I geeked out so hard. So any bit of Star Wars is uh, my cup of tea. I promise I will go sprinting through Galaxy's Edge going, now this is pod racing. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Love it. Well, I'm excited that you're getting a chance, but there's lots of exciting things. Gibby's going to Disney World this week and seeing Star Wars World. Um there's, uh, you know, we have a, a very special episode this week, and there's uh, two other things. The Legends Cast Discord League season started this week. People were already getting their stuff mm-hmm. in, and there is new cards, guys. Reveal season for Legends of Runeterra has started once again, and we get a chance to talk a little bit about new cards today, and that's pretty exciting. 
Oh, it's so exciting. I have, was hoping that something cool would come out today. It feels like every time we do an episode, the day after is like when all the stuff comes out. We're like, guess we got to wait till next week to discuss any of the cool cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that is oftentimes how it feels. But it, like, it came out at right the right time. So that's exciting. And uh, although and, and this is the uh, this is the last uh, of the mini expansions for Bandlewood, right? Yes, yes. This should be yeah. This should be the last. Wrap That's up the, the region as a whole. And what I'm really more excited than this expansion uh, for what I'm really more excited for than this expansion. There we go. English uh, grammar. I'm not Yoda. Um, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is to see what they do going forward, knowing now that there is a set number of regions. They're not adding any more regions after this. How do they structure the expansions after that? That's going to be. I think the most fascinating thing to see and to hear updates on going forward. But uh, but we still have this one expansion left before everything changes. And the cards be down the road I'm excited for. I was actually kind of mm-hmm. thinking about that mm-hmm. too. I was kind <laughs> of uh I, I I was That's more Scooby Doo. <laughs> <was Scooby-Doo. laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo, new champion incoming. And uh, uh, yeah, it, the, he's got a, he's already got a boat. It's called the Mystery Machine. <laughs> well, what's funny is that there is like a new game coming out by Nintendo that does. Uh, it's sort of like uh, what it's like. Uh, it's like uh, sort of like Smash Brothers, but with Nintendo characters and like. Well, you mean you mean uh-huh. uh, Warner Brothers characters? Oh, is it Warner Brothers characters? Yeah, Nintendo's is. Smash no, I'm Brothers. sorry, not Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nickelodeon is Warner what Brothers. I meant. Nickelodeon yeah. characters. Oh, um, there's definitely one with Nickelodeon characters, right? Because the Thornberries yep. are Nickelodeon, right? Yes, they are. Because yeah, but there's also one coming out that they're making a Smash Bros. that is uh, Warner Bros. stuff. So it's like the Justice League because they have access to DC stuff. Whoa. They have Scooby Doo. Oh, is that where Scooby Doo would be? That's what I was trying to yeah, say. Bugs Bunny. Scooby Doo is going to be in one of those, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nickelodeon yeah. All Star Brawl is already out. They have that. That's with like SpongeBob and stuff Danny like that. Danny Phantom, Cat Dog, Fairly Reptar. Odd Parents. Yo, I heard Patrick Star is like cracked in that game. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I heard. I heard. The he, real. I heard he's pretty. He's pretty good. The real question is like, are these games ever gonna make it? I, no. I feel like these games they're gonna have like a surge in play when they come out, and then everybody's just gonna go back to playing Smash Bros. And nobody like 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 if a new person to fighting games is gonna come in, they're gonna go where people play. They're not gonna go to some like weird offshoot, even if it is fun characters that you know and love. Sure. Yeah. I uh, yeah, Smash Bros. will never lose its place if that's the concern. No. It's it'll always be there, but it's, it's more glad like to is have there diversity. even room? Is there even room on the pedestal? Like, uh, it, it, like, like, yeah, I don't feel the, like there can even be a second or third there's place. There's room on the pedestal. It's just at the bottom. Uh, it's just a really far down pedestal. Listen, listen <laughs> the idea of unseating uh, Smash Brothers is more ridiculous than the idea of unseating Hearthstone, and we all know how that's going. So mm. uh, someday, maybe. <laughs> well, that's what they've been saying about World of Warcraft too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as it turns out, you have to make bigger mistakes than Blizzard uh, to 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 get unseated somehow. Is that uh, possible? I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, but on a uh, back to the topic uh, at hand, which of LOR, um, uh, you, I mean, Gibby, you're playing in the Discord League this week. Um, I am. Did you play your I'm first not, match yet? I have not played my first match yet. I'm. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm procrastinating internally. I am. I, I don't want to say dreading it, but I'm worried because I'm running up against my good friend Matrim, and who is been testing for weeks. He is a powerhouse. 
and it comes mm-hmm. to our Legends Cast Discord leagues. He has a long-standing tenure of performing very well, and he and I first. He, and he's our like one of the. A shout out to him. He's like our main admin that's like, like setting everything it. up. He's like organizing yeah. everything. I can only imagine him pressing that randomized button and going, oh, Lord, because he and I both have the same reaction. We're just like, why do I have to see him yeah. in the first round? If anything adds validity to the idea that there's no like shenanigans afoot, it's the fact that Matram, the person who organized the bracket, put himself up against Gibby in round one. Right. Like, okay. He, he I, and I, I imagine there was probably a little bit of internal struggle of like he ran it. Like, who do, who am I going to face? Do Ooh, I hit I could the press it again, again and no one would know? <laughs> or, or or something very different happened and he went up against either Nerf Lulu or Jonathan C in round one and he did push the button and he's like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness it's not one of those two again. Oh, it's Gibby. Oh, yeah, this is so much better. <laughs> That's how That's... he would have felt if I was in the league this time and he came up against me. I'm like, oh, okay, easy win. This, yeah. this guy's unprepared. Well, if he really wanted to, he would just press the button until he got a buy. Like, because the, there's several of those in, in the first first round as well. That's but true. Maybe no, that would have excited. too suspicious. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for my decks. I think they've been performing pretty well. I'm excited for it's, it's a lot of new stuff from what I originally was running. So not any of the the kind of the original pilot decks that I was considering running. Crew just re- redesigned a whole lineup. And I know Matron's been working on some pretty spooky stuff himself. So. Uh, I, well, I'm. You exci- did just ask me for my secret spice. I, we already announced <laughs> your secret spice. I'm, I'm considering your. I secret didn't spice. announce it on the podcast. Didn't you? Okay. Well, I'm no. considering since you backed out of the league and didn't sign up out of pure I, laziness. I, it wasn't laziness. I'm really busy, and then at the last second, I was like, "Well, maybe I'll have time for it." And then I didn't have my riot ID on hand, and then it was too late to sign up. And then Matchroom read the bracket. I was like, "I could be that person that waved around my podcaster privilege, but I don't feel like." that's good to do so i'm not in the in the bracket which is honestly with how much is on my plate and how crazy works been it's probably a good thing but i did i did build a lineup and i have one deck that i swear i i think i don't know i don't know if on paper there's a better deck in the format that's how confident i feel about this well watch out matchroom because i stole it and i'm considering it I might be coming with that deck, so it may it may not be the right it may not be the right fit for like certain like lineup approaches, but as an individual deck, I, I'm I like I don't I don't know if anything else is this good, uh. So that's so to watch out, Matram. But yes, there we we are. There is straight up collusion. There is collusion. Uh, (laughs) Collusion is afoot against you. uh, Yeah, yeah. What's one way to make an unbeatable deck beatable? Have an average pilot play it. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll test the th- we'll test the theory. So, uh, but to yes. be fair, it's it's based on a deck that I put like the second most amount of hours to after Brom Vlad, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've even talked about it on the show as that much. It's 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 down in the backlog somewhere, but uh, but yeah, but yeah, the Legends Cast Discord League is underway. Uh, we're probably about halfway through the first round. Everyone's supposed to have their games in for the first round done by Sunday evening. And then we'll kind of go from there. It's a double Elim bracket. So even if you lose your first round, you are not out of it. We know that all too well that the the backdoor bracket can uh, can lead to some crazy, crazy events and crazy happenings. So so keep keep pushing forth and uh, don't don't give up just if you if you run into a bad matchup in your first round or come away with an unfortunate uh, result. So uh, we're really happy. Never give up. Never, never surrender. Never surrender. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, so that's... we're really loving it. 
yeah, we're really excited. And of course, we love watching the Discord leagues play out. And uh, but you know, anytime we do have card talk, we can't banter too long because you know it does take us a while to work through cards, even when there's not even many of them. Let's just get real. Even even when we mm -hmm. don't even have many of mm -hmm. them, so we do have some cards to talk about tonight. What do you guys say? Uh, we we get into talking about. I think it's like what nine or ten cards. Nine. Card talk uh, doesn't take that long if you don't trigger us with some dumb 10. stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just if, gonna say it. If if you don't trigger us, we, it, we get through it really quick. It's ten cards. So why don't we go ahead and jump over into the main subject for this episode, which is card talk. What the b is that? Okay, guys, in this episode, we review or have a little bit of discussion about the cards. Uh, typically, we do very little of this just because it's, there's too many that come out over a short period of time. And actually, I was just thinking back to a conversation we were having earlier when we were talking about, uh, early in the episode, when we were talking about, well, now all of the sets are going to be out. It'll be interesting to see what they do from here. And I was actually thinking about how I've had some difficulty keeping up with the new cards, not even finding time to experiment with many of them. And I'm hoping that in the future, when we do get card releases, maybe we get slightly smaller ones uh, than what we've gotten through this Bandle mm -hmm. City stuff. Because we have gotten a lot of champions in this Bandle City set, like this triple set. And uh, there's going to be a lot with this one as well. You know, obviously, it's going to have a big impact on the meta. Probably not unlike what we've seen with, the, with Kennen uh, from the last set that we had and uh, Poppy from the set before that. But let's get into it and talk about each of these 10 cards that were just literally released today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, there's probably been a few more and maybe even the first champion, but the ones that have come out as of Monday are this. The first one I'll go with, and then uh, and then we'll just kind of go around the horn, Gibby and then DBN, and talk about them. Uh, the first one is Hothead, a three-mana Sharima Bandle City uh, minion uh, Yertle, uh, keyword, that has, uh, it's a 4-2, uh, that has attack, grant the top, champion in your deck plus one plus one and a random keyword uh i looked at this card and i i thought this was just kind of a cool card to be honest with you i mean i was like this is probably good right i don't know that this is like mine it's not like crazy it's not like mind melting like how could you print this but it's an aggressively statted three drop it probably trades up you probably i mean it gets its i mean it it gets its value on the attack, so it doesn't have to, like, Nexus Strike to be able to get it. So oftentimes, you're going to attack, you're going to get the value with this. Your opponent's not going to want to Mystic Shot it right away or something, so it's oftentimes going to get its value. And a plus one, plus one, and a keyword on your champion on the top, you know, wherever it is, that deck buffing mechanic, I think that's, it's like, um, it's like delayed value. It's like a decently statted minion with delayed value. I kind of think it's a cool card. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Personally, I love it. I think Hothead is is a great fit uh, for a lot of the typical Bandle City decks that are, Bandle City or Bandle Tree decks that gets played that get played out there. Um, it's very heavy on two drops, and not so many three drops that get played in that deck. And I get the whole point is it's supposed to be a lower curve so you can play more things out, but there's not a lot of three three uh, drops in that deck outside of maybe a couple Arachnoid Sentries to pick up the um, if you're if you're kind of playing it with the the Noxus Splash so that way. You can take care of that card, that that uh, region. But outside of that, in Bandle City Mayor, which also got nerfed, there's really not a lot of good three drops that still synergize with the whole Bandle Tree multi-region thing. So this taking care of Bomber Twins, which I'm not... I, like, it's a good two drop in terms of stats, but 
the fact that it gives you a random landmark and sometimes that landmark is really dead in your hand. I like this better. I would easily replace Hothead with, uh, for, uh, replace Bomber Twins with Hothead in a Bandle, uh, Bandle Tree deck. So I think this has a place at minimum in that deck type. On the note of Bomber Twins, just keep in mind too that like uh, it is card generation, uh, which is nice. This like and you can always use it to discard as a cost, which is what the nice thing about the Bomber Twins is. I hear you on the Bandle Tree deck. I think that's an interesting line because the first thing I thought about with Hothead uh, is actually like an auction list um, or some other um, <clears throat> uh, Sharima deck that is doing a decent amount of predicting uh which would be able to fetch that champion more consistently and especially akshan stood out to me because it's a it's a champion that's not contesting the three drop slot but is still a champion that you want to get multiple copies throughout the game of mm-hmm. um uh, talia being similar too so like maybe an akshan talia deck or an akshan Siver deck where like Siver maybe a little bit less so but Siver with a random keyword can be really good um so Hothead is interesting. I will say there is a pro and a con to this current stat line. One, it trades up. Two, it eats removal really easily. But three, because it gets its uh, ability on attack, not on strike, um, it actually forces your opponent into an interesting decision where if they want to kill it before it gets its ability, they have to show you that kill before you declare an attack. So if you, like have additional mana or if you're worried about what options your opponent could have if you drop this and they mystic shot it you can then go into combat calculating for two less mana that your opponent might have so like there's an interesting sort of uh synergy there where like man i really hope they don't kill it but at the same time if they're gonna kill it they gotta kill it before it attacks they can't do it in combat if they want to stop the ability. So I think that that's an interesting thing there. My problem with the card has everything to do with other three drops. And I think that there's some competition at three, especially with things like Merciless Hunter, which like even with the nerfs, like Merciless Hunter, vulnerable. It's crazy good. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to consider like what it's competing against. And if you're doing a predict heavy deck, you're also looking at the three drop that gives a huge, was it plus two, plus two or plus three, plus three to three random things in your deck. Oh, the Xenotype Researcher. Yeah. Um, and so like if you're doing a lot of predicting and you're wanting to be like having delayed value, like that card's probably in there and it's at the same price point. So it's like, do you stack six, three drops that are all about delayed value? Probably not. So it's really more about how often is that random keyword going to be valuable on something? And that's where I feel like Siver is maybe the cleanest fit, um, as a way to potentially pick up another keyword that you can like hand out that being leveled. So question though, I mean, so it's, so it, it gives the top champion in your deck plus one plus one and a random keyword. Now, if you were to drop this on three and attack, and then you were to drop the, the golden ambassador on four, the allegiance card for Sharima. Yeah. And uh, you hit the allegiance and it draws, it says draw a champion and grant it plus two plus two. Does that draw the top champion or is it randomized? It's a great question. Because that would be a really, um, I think it's kind of random. Good man, good mana line. If you were able to play Hothead, attack, grant the top champion of your deck plus one plus one and a random keyword, then and play, then play Golden Ambassador, which gives it another plus two plus two plus two, and draw it with that keyword. 
I that think the be... Golden Ambassador specifically would say draw the top one if it was to draw the top one. Gotcha. I, I think I, I yeah. believe it is random. I believe it is random. I mean, that that would make sense based on the reading of it. But obviously, in practice, sometimes the people who write the text don't consider that and they code it a certain way and don't write it that way, thinking nobody will really notice the difference. But the way it's written, I would agree. I would say it's random. But I mean, it's a possibility. Sure. I'll have to test it out. Yeah. Science to see. And uh, you would just have to wonder if it was random every time that you did it or uh, or not. I'll take some data. My logo is not the funsmith for for no reason. <laughs> well, what true. the way to test it would the way to test it would like actually someone can probably go into the code and figure it out. I guess there are people that do that. But uh, well, the way to test it would likely be having two champions only using it, and then you basically have a. Well, no, I guess. The better thing would be you'd want more options in there and see if it pulls it. I don't know. It may not be worth testing. I, I, I'm kind of looking at this this card and once again being like, does it do enough in the time span that it comes down? And I don't know if that's a yes, but I think the cleanest fit is with like Akshan Sivir. But yeah, I mean, it just uh, shall it we move on just, to the next one? Yeah, it just has good stuff. It's just a good stuff. Like it's not also nothing negative about it. In my it to me, it wins the art contest so because far. the dude's wearing oven mitts oh he is oh, that, I don't know that, is, that is pretty good scold home, oven home, mitts. homeboy's wearing oven mitts as he uh tears down and 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 torches the land and he's got so a little teddy bear teddy bear keychain hanging off of his blaster too yeah they get that guy in apex legends honestly right. he feels like an apex <laughs> legends character <laughs> a little he's bit yordle, yeah. he's yordle caustic yeah that's right yeah, literally he yeah he does look like caustic uh okay gibby why don't you take us to the next one Transposition, a four-cost fast spell for just Bandle City. Uh, rare. It says recall uh, an ally. The next ally you play this round with equal or less cost costs zero instead. So uh, kind of interesting thing that you can say here is, I mean, there's a million. This is the kind of card that makes me worried because there's yeah. someone that's going to abuse this. I as as Debian mentioned, it's interesting that Bandel City is getting some recall because this is probably that I can think of off the top of my head. This is one of the few, if not the only, recall tool currently sitting in uh within sitting within Bandel City well, outside just, of I guess Canon, right? Well, it's just not Ionia, right? It's like one of the right. only recall tools that isn't Ionian, or at least connected to Ionia. Right, because it's strictly Bandel. Bandel City, so I mean, at four cost recall, it's in line. Uh, actually, a little cheaper than uh, what the not Will of Ionia. It's it's homecoming. homecoming. Homecoming is also at four. So and Homecoming says recall one of your own and one of your opponents. So the the effect of mana cost that you're, they're statting for recalling one of your opponent's minions as well is the fact that you get to essentially refund yourself that mana of whatever you recalled to play something else on board. Uh, this turn there's a lot of different possibilities you can play with this i'm not even going to try to go into what i think this could okay could kind of turn into could i just ask you this how does yeah so let me if and tell me if my line of logic is wrong but let's say i play trundle and i get ice pillar in hand on eight i play ice pillar it returns eight mana i play this on ice pillar it returns ice pillar to my hand right and i get to play an eight drop for free I play something else in my hand that costs eight. Then I replay Ice Pillar. 
it refills eight mana, and then I replay something else in my hand that plays eight. So I could play three eight drops in a turn with this on eight. If I had the spell mana, I guess not on eight, but if I had the spell mana, I could play ice pillar and then th like I could play ice pillar, ice pillar. Well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, had, had another eight, you, two more eight drops. Spending four. You're also spending four mana every time you do it with transposition. Well, no, because the transposition costs four mana. You're only playing transposition once, right? Because you you play, you play the ice pillar. It returns eight mana to you, right? Got it. You you trans transposition it. You return the ice pillar to your hand, right? And yep. now it makes an eight drop free. So now you have eight mana. You play yeah, an but, eight drop for free. Then you no, you don't have eight mana because you had eight mana when ice pillar was played. But then you lose four mana when you transposition. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm following you. So okay, so you could do that if it was turn nine and you had three spell mana, right? Yes. If you if if you had a grand total of twelve mana whenever you played Ice Pillar, you could then return Ice Pillar to your hand, play an eight drop for free, play Ice Pillar, get eight mana back, play another eight drop for free. So in that case. With 12 or mana, you, you could play... get one Ice Pillar and two 8-drops on the board with 12 mana. Or, or just play Feel the Rush and not have to have all those cards in hand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I guess, it, I guess, yep. But I but I that. hear what you're saying, though, because I, I like where your head's at, because that's where my head's at, is that there's going to be a way to loop this for infinite mana. Yeah. I mean, you could combo out, like, Lissandra, right? Like, you could, you could level up Lissandra and get the Watcher with this. But once again, then you're probably just better off doing it a whole bunch of different ways. I mean, does this combo with Watcher and Matron again? Like, does this make Matron? Well, you couldn't play it with Watcher and Matron because Matron's SI, and this is Bandle. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I can't figure out how to crack it. But, you could, yeah. but someone will. Someone will. And, like, I, I think it's a neat card. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just... Uh, and I don't even know if it's broken or or even good. It's just the potential is there. Anytime you start dabbling with free resources, the potential for breaking something is always present. I um, I think you make a deck. Hard. I think you make a deck where most of the stuff in your deck has a summon or a play effect. So that way, when you play this card, you would no matter what you play it reactively on whatever they're going to try to kill, and it would with with a spell or some some effect. And then you recall it, you get away with it, you get the free mana, and no matter what you've got in your hand, you're going to get value from it. I think the ideal situation of this, you know, on a consistent basis, outside of a combo, if you're going to play this outside of strictly combo deck, I think Gibby's right. And the most common situation is you're going to take a decently stat, like a decently high cost minion with a great summon effect, bounce it before it dies, and resummon it. Yeah, you're, for, you're probably like, right. And and you you spent four basically you spend four mana to save a unit and get the summon effect again. And like, but that's not a bad investment. You just need to have a deck built such that the tools that are out there or the the units that are out there that you want to recall are there consistently. Whether that means like champions, well, you know, because it's it's not. Yeah. No, ally is it's 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 either it's either you do this with allies either okay yeah it's allies um yeah because it's not follower right so um you know either a champion that you has a great summon effect that you want to keep bouncing or something like that because like I think that you you if you're looking at how you protect things there are cheaper ways to do it um but not in the same turn 
So like you could do like that sand uh, tomb one in Shirima that's two mana and you put it into a statue and then it pops out the next turn. But but this card allows you to do it all in the same turn. So if you have a unit that let's say mm-hmm. like rallies, right? That's pretty good. You know, especially because like you might have played that unit that rallied on one turn and then the next turn you're like, man, I'd really love to play this again. Now you can. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, I, I think it's interesting. I think that's the most. Yeah. What you guys are describing is probably the best place for it. Could it be broken? Maybe. It might be one of those cards that are trash until it gets broken, and then it's like, uh, how do you? What do you do with this? Uh, <laughs> you know. There's always yeah. <laughs> cards that have the chance yeah. to be like that. They're like, oh, no one's going to play this. And then it gets broken. And it's like, well, now we have to nerf it to the point that it can never be played again because it can't be broken right. in this way. And it, it could come out like that. Um, it might just be too slow. I mean, once again, if big guys, like six, eight, seven drops even, like a lot of times just are bad, even if you can recall mm-hmm. them and get value off them twice. They're just too bad. <laughs> it's just too bad. And, in this and, you're also looking at like it, it, you're not really developing board unless the thing that you're summoning develops board like as part of its card effect because you're spending a card to basically bring something to replace something on the field right and then you also have to think about the idea that like you're also taking you're losing card advantage unless the thing that you're bouncing and replaying um or cheating in through this effect draws you cards uh so like i'm thinking like this with the sign in two-tailed, nine-tailed fox, whatever that stupid thing is. Uh, the new draws. Card yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That draws and buffs your board. That's a great target for this, right? Um, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, like a Mina Swiftfoot, although crazy expensive. That's a great target for this. Because sometimes you play those cards, and because they're beefy enough stat blocks that they'll sit on your board for a couple turns doing nothing. But, but they're also not threatening anything because they don't have aggressive stat blocks at least in the case of like sign in so like they there's plenty of times where after playing one you can't really do anything with them Mm -hmm. and now you can you don't have to play you know play them and loop them multiple times you can take the average value of hey i bounce it i play it again i get two cards i buff everything again like that's That's good enough sure sure yeah it's good enough that's gonna be good enough dbn you want to take us to the next one though because there is a next one yeah, pretty pretty basic. Uh, it's three mana burst spell in Bandlewood called Heroic Refrain. Give two allies plus two plus one this round. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's just give, so it's only for the round. Um, I think it's pretty good, uh, especially for these go wide decks. I don't see it as a problem card because it's not granting. Um, you know, it's fairly in line with the other sort of buff two things cards that are out there, uh, in terms of like cost benefit. So like in, and mana statting, um, I will say, you know, adding another burst speed buff to the game is always kind of, you you never exactly know where it's going to land just because in certain decks, there are certain region combinations that they lack a strong, a consistently strong burst speed buff. I think that that is tamed a little bit. Like, Ionia was the one that always lacked that, and then Twin Disciplines got buffed, and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, Ionia has tricks. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, you you never exactly know for sure. I don't think this is – I think this is a very fair and balanced card, but there's always the opportunity for a certain deck or two that were lacking the types of buffs that they needed to take off because of a card like this. 
Yeah. I just question why it's in Vandal City, personally. I mean, I was I was talking about this with a couple people in in uh, briefly, like one or two comments in in Discord, and I and I agreed with them. They were like, "Great, Vandal City got another thing that they didn't really have a lot of. Like, it feels like their band, like Vandal City, is now almost lost its identity." Like, can you tell me what Vandal City's identity is? I mean, for most, most, for the most point, it's go wide. I get it. But like with a lot of the community of the Yordles and all of the kind of the smaller guys and, and them kind of rallying around each other and buffing each other. But what does Vandal City have or not have at this point? Yeah. So like, it almost is like what I did. Vandal City doesn't have an identity anymore. It doesn't feel like. And this kind of completes that. Like I the mean, yeah. Bandle City's Bandle City's identity is we don't have big stat blocks, and that's like pretty, that's like pretty dumb, you know. And not not even that. Like I don't necessarily even agree with that. Like I feel like their stat blocks are not underwhelming for other units. I just they've got a little. They've got everything now. And it. Well, I mean, maybe I should have said we don't have like high cost. Yeah, you don't have Hard big boys, so right? Like, there's, yeah, there's yeah, no there's cap. No, they don't go tall. Ferret. They don't go tall. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's outside of that, which is, I don't even consider an identity. It's, it's they've got everything now. Me and, neither. I was being facetious. Okay. okay. On, honestly, honestly, the strongest piece of their identity is their art direction. Like, that is, because they do have a little bit of everything, and this is a burst speed buff, and this isn't the only Mechanically, one. Mechanically, they've got everything. Yeah, this I, so I I will actually I I see what you mean, Mark, and that like they have very unique flavor in their art. Mm-hmm. I personally find it to be a turnoff to the game. I think it's too silly. Same reason. Oh, I, I do too. I, even in Hearthstone, which was more silly, like than than LOR as a whole, I still hated Murlocs for a similar reason. You know, it just didn't feel like it fit. Oh and... yeah, no, I mean, I would so rather this had been. I mean, overall, I think I've been clear about it. I think Void would have been a better, cooler region than Vandal City was. Agreed. I think that you could have more um, easily done Void and then sprinkled Bandal City into things because it's like a mysterious world factions, that nobody yeah. knows where it is. Instead, you you gave us Bandal City and you're going to sprinkle Void in that way, which I think maybe didn't jive people up about this expansion just because the cool factor wasn't there in the same way that it has been with previous expansions. There's nothing cool yeah. about Bandal City. Like there's plenty of cute things and cute funny stuff. things, but but the, I agree. Like and I feel like compared to the other factions, which all have these dope, you know, even and even the more whimsical characters like Fizz or like Lulu, right? They fit so strongly in those regions, and in those sort of identities and the the flavor. That's like, why did they need to have that extra tag of Bandle City? Why couldn't you know, uh, Kenan just be Ionian? Right, sure. Um, and and so I I think I agree. Like, and not having known that from jump, but just looking at it almost in retrospect. Although obviously we still don't know how these cards will play, but now having been with Bandle City, sitting with Bandle City for a while, I I think I can honestly say like the mechanically interesting, um, you know, flavorfully lacking at least for me, and and, and somewhat detrimental I think to the you know, verisimilitude, if you will, of the theme. Big word. Can you say that again? Verisimilitude. Mm. I don't know what that word is. No. I don't know either. It's basically like, it, 
it's basically the consistency of the appearance, right? Something seeming to be true and real and and consistently so, right? There you go, kids. So There's like, your word of the day. Verisimilitude. Thank you. There you go. You learned um, something. Yeah. Uh, and but I mean, like, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? Like, you have, you know, even though they're often cool and fun there's a coolness factor in literally every other faction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this one's just decidedly not cool and it it throws off your immersion a little bit at least for me for me not for everybody there's got to be plenty of people that are like oh look at all these cute little dudes that's what i wanted and that's fine Uh i'm you know Totally get it. Yeah, and and that's I think that's a great point. Is that it really is there? There's a lot. Everyone's kind of idea of 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 of, I don't know. Cool is is different, and one it may not hit for you and I. uh, It does for some other people. They clearly put it in the game, and maybe the enabling of the multi-region stuff, which I do think is cool, it was enough. Maybe that's where the identity is. But uh, do you want me to take us to the next couple cards? Please do. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pair these two together just because they're similar in. kind of what they do. So Spirit Portal and Yordle Portal. Spirit Portal is a four mana bur- or four mana focus spell being that it can be played not in response to another spell or or, or a skill and it cannot be played in combat, but it can be played essentially at burst outside of those two those two or three conditions. Uh, so Spirit fo- Spirit Portal four cost focus spell uh, common to play, discard one, grant all allies, plus one, plus one. So kind of like Vision, but a little bit more expensive. And uh, you have to discard something ahead of time, which can be a good thing. So a little bit on the higher costed side. And then kind of paired with that, we have Yordle Portal, which is a Bandle City spell as well. Burst speed, so it can be played in combat or response to things. Uh, common to play, discard one. Manifest a Yordle that counts, costs three or less, and summon it. Now, I think Yordle Portal is more impactful than Spirit Portal, personally. Sure. Um, I think the cost of Yordle Portal is definitely more accessible than the fact that it's three versus four that can make a big difference. But not only does it fuel the card engine uh, game plan of trying to discard things, but it allows you to manifest something so you get to choose the Yordle. So it's very situationally flexible and you get to put it on board immediately. And there's a lot at of first, three at burst, Yordles. which means you can block with it at yep. burst. That's yep. the, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. If someone opens swings on you as a, on, while you're playing Bandle city and you've got this in your hand on three, like let's say you passed on one, and it's even if even if you passed on one and it's turned two, and they open swing with something weak because they're like, oh, I can open swing, and uh, they can't block anything because they don't have anything on board. Wrong, wrongo. Yordle portal, discard something in my hand that I don't really care about, or if I'm playing a discard deck already, I'm actually getting an advantage from it. Manifest a yordle with a high defensive stat, put it in deep, put it in uh, block, and I'm gonna I'm gonna trade for their unit. This yeah. card is very good. This it's Yordle Port. So okay, just real fast. Spirit Portal, I think, could be good. Sure, uh, it's playable. And like a, it's playable. Um, you know, but but I think it's very straightforward in terms of application and whether or not the strength of it is going to depend entirely on the strength of go wide in an environment, 
right? Because like this is going to rely. I will say, a lot of those decks struggle to use their spell mana effectively, mm-hmm. and this is a great use of spell mana uh, that's saved up for a deck that is running majority units and going wide. Decks like that have to run a lot of units. They have to run a lot of cheap units, and sometimes that means they like miss, like they miss curves, and they end up stocking spell mana that they might go the whole game without really using. This is a great use. Spirit Portal is a great use of that spell mana in a just minion first deck, right? But I will say, you know, like I said, it's pretty straightforward, and it it, it does rely on the strength of the units and champions within it. So like, if um, what's her face? Uh, what's the uh? The one with the hammer, the Yordle with the hammer. Oh, uh, Poppy? Uh, Poppy. If Poppy decks are good, Spirit Portal could be good. If Poppy decks are bad, I don't think Spirit Portal pushes it over the edge. But Yordle Portal is not only incredible for what it does defensively, it's also mind-numbingly good for uh, Bandle Tree uh, Alt-Wincon. Because you get to go and look for the faction, and most of them are dual faction, that you haven't checked yet. You get to discard uh, one of the cards generated by all of the generation that you have in your deck. You, you know, uh, the the Loping Telescopes and the Bandle City Mayors and the uh, you, the two Mana Sharima guys, the Bomber Twins, right? You, you generate that card. You don't need discard it for Yordle Portal. And because you can do it at burst speed, that does help one of the things that Bandle Tree can struggle with, which is open swings, right? They can flood the board with units, but if the opponent open swings after clearing a lot of the units on the previous turn, they're pushing through damage. Yordle Portal basically allows you to say, ha now I have an extra blocker. You didn't expect that. And more than that, it might be one of the ones that I need to get that uh, Bandle Tree leveled faster so that I can just go ahead and win. So I think Yordle Portal is, I think of all of these cards, maybe the most important one. This to me, and I don't want to. I don't want to over exaggerate here. Um, this to me is like, what's the uh, what's the Nightfall b- uh, buff that was in Targon? Pale Cascade. This is Pale Cascade from the like when it was from the beginning, like impactful. That's how I see it. Maybe in a very different way, but in terms of its its utility to the faction, I can certainly see that. Um, uh, I, I think. I think where this is most interesting to me is it gives two discard tools outside of PNZ. So now you can more mm-hmm. reliably run Rumble as Bandle City. You could run like more Yurtles and do like an early game Yurtle build more reliably and still be able to get like, I, if Scion was still good, which I don't think that he is, um, still be able to reliably get Rumble Scion going. Um, well, because and you, you have run discard stuff, and you can run theoretically Rumble without needing Noxus or PNZ. You know? Uh, and run... Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Running it without Noxus. I mean, there's a lot of cards that you would want to target in Noxus with these discard cards. Right. That, that's true. I'm just saying, like, you. There's a lot. You're basically you're right. There's a lot you can do with the discard package, and I I don't I like, and I would like to see other packages like nightfall and in daybreak and things like that see you know more regions than just the regions they're in um sure but but um but yeah so i the last thing i'll say on this really is i actually think it's a fairly balanced card in terms of like in a bubble like in a bubble what you're getting is appropriate for the cost you're spending three mana 
and you're discarding a card and you're getting a three drop or lower if you get offered three one drops, right? Um, the problem and the reason why this may prove, and we could always be wrong, but I feel like the reason this may prove to be as impactful as Gibby and I are, are hyping it to be is simply the fact that the the cost, quote unquote, that it incurs are not things that uh, Vandal City struggles to meet. Mm, um, mm-hmm. It never struggles to keep its hand full, That's true. especially in these decks, because it has so many things that generate other things. Um, spell mana is pretty easy to come by, and, and a lot of their units are cheap. You're often under curving, and so you're able to generate spell mana. So I, I think Yordle Portal is both strong uh and also, you know, that cost is not as heavy as it might seem in a bubble because of the strength of the faction. This plays into the strengths as opposed to asking it to meet a weakness um, in order to play it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally I can totally agree with that. Yeah, it, it definitely I think it's a very good card. Um, yeah, great. So often it gives use for the spell mana that you uh, that you were going to have, you know. Um, let me go on to the next one though. Face Sprout. I like this card a good bit actually. One mana burst uh, spell that you would find in Bandle City. Um, you know, one mana burst is always good, so we we like that. Manifest a Fey, and then grant it plus one plus one, and we'll see some more Fey coming down the down the line here. Um, and there's a handful of Fey in the game, and they've added some Fey tags. Uh, but I think this is really interesting. It's like spend one mana to draw uh, a fey from your deck. I mean, it, it's not from your deck, but it's like, uh, there's not so many fey that if you if you are running one of these fey tribal decks that we're going to look at potentially, um, you know, like, you're likely, the manifest is going to have a pretty good chance of getting the fey that you're targeting, um, I think, because there's not, like, an insane amount of fey that are in the game. Um, and then, you know, you're going to buff it. And so, you know, one mana, it's kind of like a cantrip. It bursts speed. It's really good. Um, of course, this isn't, this isn't going to summon it, right? This is going to give it a permanent plus one, plus one. You're not going to be able to use this defensively. But I can totally see this potentially being used if this Fey tribal deck becomes a bit of a thing. Um, just because it allows you to get more Fey and it allows you to buff them up a little bit. It's another go-wide tool, I think. Um, you know, and obviously Bandle City has a lot of those. So maybe this is overshadowed by stuff. But th- there is times when you just have a spell mana left over. Um, and, and this, you know, generates and puts a card in your hand and gives you more options. We know that Manifest is a good ability. Um, we much prefer Manifest to random generation, period. Although, I'll be honest, there's not a there's not an enormous difference between Manifest and random generation when it comes to Fae. Because it's not like there's so many of them in the game that, oh, the random generation is one of 70 cards, right? It's going to be like, well, the random generation is one of 20 cards. And a pretty good yeah. chance of seeing it's it anyway, like in- right? It's kind of like in Hearthstone when they had the guide that was like summon a random uh, shaman totem. It's like, well, there's there's only so many options. <laughs> yeah, you could fine. hit there's that six. Though. You so. could you you could hit that two mana four three, but ninety percent of the time you're hitting a zero two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I I think this card's kind of cool. Um, it's not like wow, oh my gosh, like it's not Yurtle Purtle, not Yurtle Portal, Purtle, Yurtle Purtle. Purtle. It's, uh, it's a purtle, gosh. Um, it's not that crazy, but it's cool. It, it's definitely a, a cool card. So, uh, And I like the fact that they're kind of pushing uh, Bandle City a little bit towards the Fey, like tribal tag. I think that's kind of fun. I, I, I kind of actually kind of wish they would have done that more from the very beginning, if I'm honest. Either of you guys have any additional thoughts on on that on that card? No, I well, think basic. I think, I think you got me. 
Bay Tribal is good because it shows that I think the devs are understanding that tribal tags are fun to play. People like tribal tags in pretty much every card game. So, you know, regardless of, of this card or the cards we're about to talk about, and that's kind of what I'm building to, um, it doesn't really matter if they're good, right? It, it, it's almost like it can be, like tribal tags can be very potent, but it doesn't matter because they are a new player friendly thing. New players can look at it and say, oh, if I put all the face in my deck, they work together. Great. It's accessible. It's also kind of like a Timmy mindset thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like it can be fun to play a deck that has a theme, right? It, it's it actually, you know, back when I was creating videos for, you know, um, Elder Scrolls Legends on YouTube, my most popular videos were almost always like themed decks, tribal tag decks uh, or or ones with uh, combo decks were, were popular too, you know, but decks that would play up sort of that almost a like role play element. People really like that. In, you know whether or not it's good so people have been talking for a long time and i've actually i know silverviews in particular i've talked to her about it a couple of times and and she said it pretty much publicly on her channel a few times saying like why why are trolls not a tribal tag why are you know these other things like tribal tags like elites and whatever they're very appealing and i'm really hoping that this is a sign that there's going to be more of that down the road because i think it can do nothing but help sure also iceborne legacy now, let's talk about the next one. <laughs> sure. Who wants to take us on to the next card in this? Uh... Last four. I'll start it off. Uh, so three cost burst spell for Vandal City. Fey aid. Uh, create a hungry owl cat in hand. Then grant Fey allies in hand. Plus one. Plus one. So hungry owl cat is a two one. one cost A one, one cost uh, unit. A two attack one defense minion that has the fade tag and it has spell shield as well. So yep. this will create a three, two, um, a one cost three, two spell shield unit in your hand and grant everything in hand. Else that's also Fey plus one plus one as well. So uh, interestingly and importantly, it says create a hungry howl cat in hand, then grant the Fey allies in hand plus one plus one. So the hungry owl cat that you, that you create will always get the plus one, plus one from this card. So if you are trying to do a little bit of a deck buffing uh, or hand buffing in your in your, in your your deck, then uh, this will work. Um, summoning a bunch of Hungry Owl Cats through in your hand through any number of cards, which I think there are already a couple in the game that do that, you can start to really kind of build up a Hungry Owl Cat deck, a bunch of units that have Spell Shield, on them and start to really kind of snowball with stats. I mean, getting a bunch of five, five cost four defense or one cost five four defense, uh, so with spell shield units on board sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty appealing. Takes a couple turns to set up in some hand space, but it's it's definitely playable. So I like the card. Yeah, I think it could be good. I think it has much more to do with how easy it is for uh, the Bandle City decks to generate phase to start stacking in hand. If there's cards like Loping Telescope that basically allow you to loop one unit into another unit, right? Where like you play a two drop and get a one drop, right? And we already see a few things that summon these hungry Owlcats, um, but the key there is it has to be Fey allies. And I like this card because it's really only playable if you're fully committed to Fey as opposed to being like 
half and half or or really just like cherry picking a couple phase to drop into an otherwise like you know standard like yordle poppy deck um and so this card is only good if you're if you're really all in on the tribal tag which i think is good card design for these tribal mm -hmm. decks i and, agree and you'll see that in a lot of other games that have successful tribal formats that the good cards force you to commit and this is a good one because it's it's it potentially is great mana cost on two conditions one um that you're not immediately dying on board and you you know should be spending that mana to survive um so if you have a proactive board state this is great use of your spell mana uh, and two uh, that you have enough cards in hand consistently that you're getting at least like two two to three triggers off of this um and if those conditions are met it's incredible i mean it's one thing you know to talk about like delayed value when it's buffing your deck and you're not sure if you're going to draw it but you know Delayed value when it's in your hand is so much more feasible uh, to work with and, and easier to implement. And I think Gibby's right. Like, Alcats are really easy to overlook, but I've actually played a few games where, like, uh, inadvertently, I ended up playing a bunch of Alcats. And in certain situations, you know, when people are trying to play board clears, especially against control, like, a lot of uh, go wide decks can really struggle. Uh, but weirdly, Alcats. Nobody wants to block them because they're taking chip damage. Like, it mm -hmm. doesn't really... They're like, oh, Alcats aren't threatening anything. But at the same time, if you don't block them with units, you're not going to be able to kill them with your board clears. So, like, buffing up a couple Alcats here and there can, can weirdly lead to your opponent making poor decisions with their blocking and end up, like, costing themselves the game three turns later when your Alcats are now bigger and they can't get rid of them. Well, and you can spawn owl cats faster than somebody else can spawn meaningful units too. So, like, they will chip you away, and they will block effectively, and they, yeah, you you can lose games it's by just like a token strategy. It's like more like a yeah. token strategy than what has come out. But I still I do think that probably even though we look at the rest of these ones, I think that probably the best version of these go wide decks still remains in other cards in Vandal City with Yurtles. But I'm glad that they're giving owl cats some attention. Yeah, maybe. That's true. I, I think that what we may see with this, though, is a go-wide deck that is more, maybe less explosive, but more impervious to control. Yep, because of the spell shields. Yeah. Hungry Owlcat Iceborne Legacy. <laughs> yep, I think that legitimately could be, uh, could be decent. Um, so, okay, so uh, Gleaming Lantern. This one's really interesting, and I, I'm kind of... Uh, it's one of those cards I feel like we need to see more before we can determine whether it's worth it or not. But it's a three mana three three Fey, only Bandal City. It's it's not a dual uh, region. Um, each round, the first Fey you play costs two less. Now, <laughs> we've seen some uh, some discounting already in in Bandal City with the Bandal City Mayor. Um, we know how this strong one has better that stats, is. Hmm? and we know oh, how yeah. strong we, that we, is. Right? It's obviously very viable. We, we do. And that leads me to wonder, with this Gleaming Lantern, um, how many more phase are we going to get? Because it discounts two. Now, Hungry Owlcats aren't taking full advantage of that. But it only discounts, discounts the very first one you play uh, uh, each turn. Mm -hmm. This is going to only be as good as the, the units that you can consistently discount. Um, because going wide with things that aren't worth playing... Uh, as we've kind of established, is not not effective 
uh, and not going to cut it. <laughs> no. And Owlcats aren't going to take full advantage of this. So playing a three drop for future discounting, if you're not going to be having enough things to, like, if not enough of your deck is good to discount, um, then then it's potentially that this card doesn't doesn't see play. And once again, this is another card in the direction of you have to commit to the tag to get this to be consistently useful. Because if you're running a mix of phase and yordles, you can't play this. You cannot. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be good. I I, I like that they're you forcing you. Yeah, I like that they're forcing you into the tag. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No. Um, it's really interesting because it's like it's like they learned something here, right? Because with Bandel City Mayor, it was like discount all of your yurtles or all your multi-region followers. And it was like, wow, like that was really strong. And it's almost like they're here. They're like, th- like if this said discount all of your fey by one mana, l- like it would almost be tamer. It's like tamer than what Bandel City Mayor would have come out as. Um, and then yeah. they come out with this, and they're like, listen, we're willing to give you a few more stats with a little less game-breaking ability. Um, and maybe I would say even substantially. I think this is two and a half steps back from when Bandle City Mayor first came out, and you can still look at it and say, this could still potentially be good. Um, which tells you yeah. how good Bandle City Mayor was. He was very good, yeah. right? It was really good. And 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 this, too, like... What's interesting here, and this is again where I'm saying, like, what are we going to get? And I feel like I didn't really elaborate on that the way I needed to, but this lets you under curve, right? So, like, is there a good six drop Fey? Because if there is, you play this on four or play this on three, and on four, you get to drop a six drop, right? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, or, or, and even if it's not a six drop, hey, I get to drop a five drop for three on turn four. Like, there's some neat stuff that you can do with undercurving, and and we we all know about like discounting a price, you know, can be really great for go wide, and we've seen that happen a lot. But like a lot in a lot of games, the the higher cost minions, and again, like there's a reason why a lot of the units that don't see play are like they're prohibitively costed, right? Because by the time you get to play them, it's not about how much they're costing; it's about what stage in the game you can play them. And that's kind of where a lot of those six, seven, and eight drops get lost is because by the time you get to that stage, they don't do enough. But if you were able to play them under curve, like some decks have been able to do, like with um uh like like with uh like Eclipse Dragon into Asol, or like with um Spectral Matron into Scythria, right? Like there are some things you can do to accelerate those cards that make them come online faster and have their impact at a stage of the game where you need that. Um, and, and it's potential for Gleaming Lantern to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already got the seven cost uh, Furious Fey Folk, which is considered Fey uh, in the mm-hmm. game too. So you don't have one step too far off from uh, from being able to play that on, on a lot earlier of a drop, especially if you run some early game impact units that so you can guarantee the impact uh, kind of dealing damage to the nexus you could get a pretty early uh furious fey folk off and start really pressing with an aggro deck on this maybe that's the way that this deck wins right is is maybe not through like elusive units like a lot of decks have done or not through like widely buffing with poppy although maybe poppy still goes in this um but through you know impact which i've been waiting to see make that 
impact uh, that that really I felt like it should have should have had. Um, but that actually because because that brings up the next card, right? Like we have the the two mana blast cone seedling, which is actually a dual region. It's Bandle City and Ionia. Uh, it's a Fey, of course. And this one's a two two for two. It says play. Give me barrier this round or grant me impact. You have a choice between the two. And that's a pretty good choice. That's a really I good choice. I think this card is, is, is actually really answer. solid. No. no. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, how long, like seriously, like how long in the game have we seen the combos come out of Demacia with that two caught, like playing a one drop and then, and then playing Blight, Bright Steel Protector to like give something barrier just to set it up. And usually the one drop that you're like putting a barrier on, like like obviously like Fleet Feather Tracker is really, really good, but um, with, that, with that barrier, because it can challenge something that's really unique. But even if it's just another one cost unit, having a barrier on it to basically say, you're not attacking this turn unless you want something to die, or you're not blocking me unless you want something to die. Being yeah. able to give barrier something on two and being able to proc it on its own is really strong. Like it's an mm -hmm. automatic early game unit, I feel like, on a lot of decks now. And the flexibility to either say, he hasn't played anything. I'm going to go with the impact because I really want the guaranteed damage. You start looking at, this could go in a, this could go in a Swain deck. This could go in a Sejuani deck. This could go in a game Gangplank deck. Um, this could start trying to figure, trying to pressure on an early game for a Furious Fae Folk deck. Like, there's a lot here that I really like. The barrier also even goes towards a, a Shen deck now because it's technically giving something barrier that, true. that's a fourth of his requirement. Very true. So like, And that one drop that when you give something barrier, give it plus two attack. That's a one mana one three, I think. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's one, one mana two. one two, but it's like you give it barrier, it gets plus two attack. Boom, this thing immediately does that. Yeah. Now, granted, you don't get to run it in, uh, you don't get to run Shen with Demacia and slap a, uh, was it repost, repost? I still don't know how to say that. Uh, and and don't at me in the in the comments or in the Discord. I I've been told it before and I will never remember it. Apparently, why couldn't you? Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, well, no, you're right. You could, I suppose. Yeah, it's Ionia. No, this is the dual region. It, yeah, this is Ionia. Holy crap! So this can you could, yeah. go, you could go Green Glade Caretaker on one. You could go Blast Cone Seedling on two. And bright steel, and bright steel protector on three or two, either way. Yep, you could put drop well, Shen on four, and you can. Well, but you have redundancy at two, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You have. You can run both of those at three copies, and have essentially a two drop that either way. As long as you pull one of them, you're you're working towards Shen's requirement, where he is Ooh. on four or five, looking at at hitting that level up. Yeah. Dang. Because it's not just that's, about him attacking either. Yeah, no, it's just about getting him the getting the barriers throughout the course of the game. That that's impressive. I, uh, I but even outside of that, I think it's great. Like yeah, I mean, what we have a two mana so two we have a two mana two two that has toughness and impact one right. Uh, or do they get yeah. rid of toughness on it? Stone stackers. They get rid of. No, tough. I think it's. So they get rid of the the yeah the, the they get rid of the tough on it. Oh, they got rid yeah, of top. So it's just yeah. a two it mana two two with impact. 
So this is just way they, better they than that. It was a two three. Oh, I'm looking two, at it. They adjusted. They adjusted the stats. On yeah, it. I can't remember how they, I haven't played it. Um, they. I'm, look, I'm looking it up to figure out. Uh, it's a two mana two with impact. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, if this, if, if Stone Stackers a two mana two two with impact, and they pr printed this, this is like sh sh so much better. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's similar. To, Stone Stackers was really good. You know, Stone Stackers was Stone great. Stone Stackers is a Yordle though, right? Uh yes, and this is a Fey. So you still have a tag so, I mean, on each it one. Serves different purposes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're, it's a, they're not they're not the same. One, though. They're not the same, but that's probably the closest that you can you can get to it. I like the versatility. I would take versatility in the early game over. Yeah. Well, yeah. an impact is granted. It's not just for the round. You have it forever after you get yeah, that. That's so true. if they're if they don't play anything on two, if they're passing you on two and you want to still develop a board, you're not losing the value of barrier because you can just choose to give it impact. Yep. Yeah, true. True. You know, and, and, and impact, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah impact's it's fine. A, it's a great card. Let's move great on card. to the last one. A two mana grandfather Fey. And this is another card where they learned their lesson with Yurtles. Uh two mana one two rare. Uh it says when I'm summoned, create a hungry owl cat in your hand. And then when you summon another Fey, granite plus one plus zero um <laughs> this is very similar to yurtle explorer right he was like a three mana two two so slightly understated when you played him every yurtle you played after that got granted plus one plus one this generates uh -huh. this generates a, a fey in hand but it's an understated minion that gets plus one plus zero which is basically the same thing that the yurtle version does now right because it got nerfed into a plus one plus zero yeah. instead of a plus one plus one so yeah, but it's also, I mean, being able to summon a Grandfather Fey and then go Hungry Owlcat afterwards, what's interesting is is that the it's not like the Hungry Owlcat, even with the plus one, you're like, okay, it's understated, but it's understated the right way for this yeah. because it's going to get a plus one offense, so it's going to become a 3-1, a one-cost 3-1 with Spell Shield. The, the whole reason why one-cost defensive units aren't playable in a lot of cases, or if they don't feel viable and consistent, is because of pings that are out there. Mm -hmm. And all the, the board clear with vile feasts and mystic shots and crap like that. Yeah. Right. Like, so like, like spell, spell pings are. Yeah. Like, pokey like, stick, yeah. Either you've got a, even if yeah, you have like stick. a, yeah, even if you've got an AoE like spell, like an avalanche or a, an ice shard, that still doesn't clear the 3 1 because of the spell shield. They have to have something different. There's a lot less answers to dealing with that three one than there is other units or other other units that don't have spell shield on it. So, and the best thing that could possibly happen is your opponent to spend four mana to play two pokey sticks to clear your owl cat. They cost you one or like two poison no darts that they card. could have played to the face. Yeah, like there's so many things. Like if they really like, and that's what I was saying earlier about like owl cats can snowball a game based on your opponent making small decisions that seem right at the time, but end up allowing you to keep outcats that grow over time and then become a problem. So sure. like, I, I think grandfather Faye again, you know, I think you're, I mean, you're totally right. I think before Yordle Explore, it probably would have said plus one, plus one. Yeah. Maybe that would have been okay. Right. With just for Faye for over Yordles. Yeah. Right. But clearly they learned their lesson there, and I think that's all for the for the best. Uh, but uh, but another Alcat spawner, again, we're, we you know you're kind of working almost into the realm of being able to just 
play Iceborne Legacy Owlcats, right? <laughs> Pretty freaking good. Um, Very good. And, um, you know, you're also looking at, like, just creating more value in hand that can work with Fey Aid, right? More cards in hand that you can buff. Uh, again, I was talking about cards that would be able to replace themselves in your hand to eventually, like, allow you to maintain hand size for, you know, things that... That, that buff the things in your hand. You know, Gibby and I have actually been experimenting with a little bit of Ionia hand buff, um, which is out there. Interesting. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that. And I I, I I hope that they give us a few more phase. I think they will. Uh, but of this grouping of phase, it's quite interesting because they all, this seems like sometimes we get a grouping of cards that are supposed to play together, but there's very little cohesion. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like this grouping, um, as well as the uh, the one before that, the face sprout, really feels like there's a clear idea in mind without printing cards that are forced to be played together necessarily. Because some of the issues, like, again, you had the, you know, we've complained about it before, like the TK Soraka things, right? Where it's just like, Pre-built. no, you, you basically play this together and that's all you can do. Right, but uh, some of these cards, like Blastcone Seedling, can go in a handful of decks. Right, great design. I think Grandfather Fay, even though it's best with all Fay, there are situations where it might be okay to just drop it in to get an Owlcat. Um, I, I think there's this is as far as tribal decks go, which can sometimes fall into that trap that we've complained about in the past. You know, and maybe that's not fair of us of being like, well, the deck builds itself. I think that cards like this are trying to say, yes, you could just click Faye in your search tool and just put them all in deck, and it would probably work okay. But there is some, A, decision points in in the deck construction, and, and really, B, these cards also double as useful in other decks, especially like the Blast Cone Seedling. Um, so I, I just think this setting is of, of, of Faye cards is actually pretty, you know, I complained about the artistic design uh, of, of Bandle City, uh, but I, I'm actually pretty excited about the mechanical implications of these Fey. Mm. Yeah, I think I think they indirectly buffed some things that needed some buffing, and they're making Fey relevant, which is cool. I mean, they're they're following up. They've created Fey cards before, as we've seen, and they're, it seems like Riot is very definitely following up on that Fey tag and fleshing it out. Like in a way that we wish they would have done with some other uh, some other tags and uh, some other groups that we were very excited to play to play with, um, and I can only hope that they continue even past this to maybe add some more fate to the to the to the game. That would be really really cool, and they're they're going to continue to flesh out this uh, this this fate tag. So we'll see how much of it we get uh, when the whole card pool is released. But yeah, for now, um, I'm excited to kind of the direction they're going. I agree with you. Awesome. Awesome. You know what uh what you what else is a fey that you can play with gleaming lantern and fun things like that? Which one? What? Swole Squirrel. I did see that the Swole Squirrel is, is, is technically a fey, which is also kind of perplexing to me because I know it doesn't look like a fey. It does not <laughs> I'm, be right. I'm excited. Some swole squirrel shenanigans. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, we've taken a look at all the cards that are coming out. But on top of that, you know, last week we released an episode of the Mulligan. Basically said, hey, we're coming one week closer to a big announcement. And this week, I think we're ready to really actually announce 
what it is that we've been working on and what that's going to look like for the community coming going forward like kind of like what's what's going on with legends cast what ha- what happens next for us uh and what have we been working on other project wise uh in the background and we're really excited because today is the day guys today is the day that we actually yes. get to announce what it is that we've been working on guys just so you know like literally we've been talking about this since the beginning of season three in various ways in different capacities we've been brainstorming we've been thinking about stuff we've been experimenting with stuff since the beginning of season three of this show that's like you know light years ago in my perspective because of how cold and and wintry it's been here Mm -hmm. in pennsylvania (laughs) i feel like every day is a million days so uh so we're excited to announce a couple of things Gibby's going to, we each have a portion of the announcement debate. Gibby's going to start us off with the announcement, though. So, Gibby, I'm going to hand it over to you. Tell us the first thing that the listener base and everyone who who loves the show needs to know about the future in Legends Cast. Aye, aye, Captain. Yeah, as you mentioned, we've been working on this from the background for quite a while and pondering about how we wanted to, uh, where we wanted to take the show. And we, there was never an option for us to not be podcasting, right? Because we, we love hanging out with you all in discord and and we love this community and we love uh podcasting with with each other so um that was never an option and we've we've been podcasting uh legends of runeterra for quite some time and the game is still very important to all three of us we still really do enjoy playing and we had no design ever for it to go away and it to be something that we we wanted to eliminate from our rotation or that we eliminate wanted to eliminate from what we consider to be our podcasting portfolio but uh, we have been mixing in more episodes of the Mulligan recently, and that mainly due to just kind of the slower release schedule that Riot has kind of been putting out with new content. We didn't necessarily feel that we were providing a lot of uh, hard-hitting or impactful episodes uh, as often just because there wasn't as much to talk about with uh, the game kind of feeling stagnant at times, um, which just not having a lot of new content out there, not a lot of new card releases and things since... Uh, or events since Riot kind of released their schedule a little bit slower. So what we're doing is we are going to be moving Legends of Runeterra talk, our our Legends cast um, episodes. We are going to be moving that to a a once-a-month schedule. So that will be uh, the second... Uh, the second week of every month is what we will will be doing uh, Legends of Runeterra episodes uh, with uh, our Legends cast. But in no way or shape or form is it a taking a back seat to what the other uh, Mm. elements are that we're going to be doing uh, on the podcast. It's just going to be a different rotation. And the goal of that is that when we do bring you Legends cast, Legends of Runeterra content, is that it is full. It is an entire episode full of excitement and new information and new content discussing what's going on in the game that we can be proud of and that we are hype about and that you guys feel that as the listener base because it's something that we're not struggling to figure out what to talk about every single week where once a month feels like a perfect perfect sweet spot for the time being where we can bring you guys quality legends of runeterra content be happy about it share what's really excited going on in the game and for the now to fill in those gaps uh, we'll be continuing a lot of the that excitement and, the, and those conversations on our Discord. There are a lot of those channels will still be there, and we will be active in those channels, talking about the decks that we're playing, 
doing deck tech, doing deck name game stuff, and uh, still putting out all of that through our Discord. Just won't be uh, more than once a month talking about it as a podcasting episode. So that is the plan for our Legends of Runeterra content. As for the next part of our announcement, I'm going to throw it over to Mark. So Mark, what do you have to announce as a part of our uh, our exciting news? Yeah, this is something that I've been excited about for a really long time. And honestly, like me, Gibby, and DBN have been dreaming about this since the beginning of season three. But realistically, I think DBN, it's fair to say, you and I have been dreaming about this in some capacity for a year and a half, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's about right. Easily a year and a half. Um, Just because I wasn't here doesn't mean I wasn't dreaming. Well, well, you know, Gibby <laughs> was dreaming about it. But I think that this sort of stuff was born in us from the beginning. Because although, uh, you know, all three of us love card games, like one of the reasons we've been doing the mulligan is because we love nerd culture. Like we love lots of things. Like we're not a one like none of us are a lifestyle gamer on one game. And not only that, but we're not a lifestyle gamer on just video games. We're all tabletop gamers. We're all RPG players. Like we're all like nerd culture galore. Like we love the different aspects of, of nerd culture. That's why you've been getting episodes of the Mulligan. With that, though, we are going to be starting something uh, called a network or a podcasting network. And so we are going to be sort of elevating something new that me and DBN and Gibby are going to be leading um, called Camp Legend, which is something we're really excited about. Um, sort of like the camp in which legends are made. We're keeping this legend theme throughout the stuff that we're doing. Camp Legend Network is a brand new podcasting network that we are releasing. It's an umbrella brand that all of the podcasts that we participate in and potentially other podcasts that in the future want to be part of the brand or part of the network can come in uh, and with our approval be a part of in the future and so camp legend is going to own a multitude of different shows um, coming up in the future and so there's a couple of things that that means for our community specifically our patreon supporters we want to thank you so much for the support that you've shown this show honestly unfreaking believable there's people who've been supporting us for like almost two and a half years now. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, it's it literally, like if I'm being nostalgic, it started off with me with a, a Yeti Nano plugged into the side of my work, micro, you know, my, my MacBook Air from work, um, you know, sitting by myself at my dining room table. And what we're doing today and what we're producing today, if you go back and listen to early episodes of this, there's nothing even comparable, right? Um, and that has largely been part of uh, our Patreon supporters, not just the financial support, but honestly, just the encouragement that people have believed in us. That's enabling us to look at a network and say, what are we doing with this network that we can do sort of new and exciting stuff? So over on Patreon, it has already begun changing to patreon.com slash camp legend. We'll be transitioning in the month of March instead of patreon.com slash legends cast. And we'll be asking our patrons currently to move over with us and support us over at Camp Legend. But just so you know, if you do not want to do that, we're giving our patrons a heads up. The next thing it's going to mean is a big switch in our Discord. So our Discord is going to move from a Legends class, Legends cast and LOR exclusive um, uh, Discord to being the home of all of the communities for the various podcasts across Camp Legend eventually. And so it's going to become the Camp Legend uh, Discord server. That's uh, Now there'll still be LOR content there. There's to be a Legends cast subtitle there, but in like the podcast discussion, future shows will find a home here. And so instead of having a subsetting for Apex Legends, right, 
We might have a subsetting for an entirely different show that's going to make its home on our Discord community, and we'll be able to see the Discord communities intermingle with people who like one show, introduced to other shows, and introduced to other games. That sort of stuff is stuff that we're really excited about. And it would be so silly to introduce something like the Camp Legend Network without also introducing what we are so excited about, which is our latest podcasting project. But in order to introduce that, I'm going to hand things over to Ian and let him tell you about what we're going to be working on. Yeah, guys, this is something that we have been talking on and off about for a year and uh, having sort of aligned on our vision of the future um, for for us as friends, not just podcasters, but also as friends and, and following the things that we love. You know, this is a project that I think is diving into one of the biggest shared passions between the three of us. So starting in March, we will be dropping twice monthly episodes of a very new, exciting podcast. I think maybe the best thing to do here is to just drop into a sneak peek of our upcoming tabletop RPG podcast, Almost Legends. Overcast skies envelop the upper city of Piltover for the third day in a row. The afternoon sun is hidden behind dreary clouds and undercity fog. The cobbled streets are slick with the spitting rain. Tinkerers and inventors study and work tirelessly in workshops and labs in the Piltover University. Nobles and aristocrats talk in hushed tones in elaborate rooms where decisions are made and the future of progress is mapped out. The man of progress watches over the city through flags hung on lampposts that dot every major city street and canal. The Hextech gates fire far above the university, reminding the citizens of Piltover of the great achievements they have had in both the worlds of technology and of magic. However, our eyes do not turn to the grand classrooms or to the wealthy elite that make the city of Piltover what it is, but instead we look to a narrow street filled with boarded up shops and then to a wooden sign that reads custom investigations to a forgotten about inventor and her loyal protector who now take jobs that the enforcers of the city do not want behind their door is a simple desk with the head of a woman with wild red hair resting upon it in a deep sleep a piltover construction bot stands along the east wall in power-saving mode. Nearly empty filing cabinets now partially left open, scattered papers and a half-dozen half-drank, now cold cups of coffee complete the scene. Let's meet our slumbering sleuths as their fates are about to change and they have the first opportunity to forge their own legends in the streets of Piltover, and the dark alleys of the Undercity. So you guys see a lithe young woman, slightly above average height. She is asleep, leaning back in her chair, a, a bowl of nachos in the lap, a cold cup of coffee next to her on the desk, sock-covered feet up on top of a stack of papers. She wears simple brown pants, a white-collared shirt with grease and or nacho stains, uh, rolled up sleeves and a loosened black tie around the neck. Uh, holding 
said bowl of nachos uh, are form-fitting black rubber gloves with mechanical housing built onto them. They run from the knuckles uh, all the way up the forearms. There's electrical wiring and slots for tools to be sheathed in and and hidden away, uh, as well as buttons, dials, gauges, uh, all sorts of things that uh, one might be familiar with if they frequent the uh, Piltover University. Uh, At the top of each glove before reaching the elbow, there is a circular plug where a power source might attach as well. Um, She does, in fact, have frizzy copper red hair popping out uh, from underneath a bowler hat uh, that is tucked down just enough uh, to cover her eyes. Uh, Her pale complexion uh, is broken up by the bagging (laughs) under said eyes as well as uh, a perpetual mild acne. Uh, behind the desk, you also see uh, a step stool, and uh, leading up to it is what looks like to be a peculiar partial suit of armor. Up against the wall of the east wall, you see a robot, not just a robot, a construction bot built in Piltover nonetheless. As it rests in its slumber mode, you can see the copper brushed red metal of this bot stands at an atonish- astonishing six foot one. His eyes completely closed as they open. You see them blink a couple times, almost opening and closing in a completely circular manner, almost like an airlock in a spaceship. Above his kind resting smile, he has a mustache, two armbands over his upper biceps, and a belt all made of a very ornate, tarnishable silver metal. Despite not having any actual clothes on, these garments are what he calls his work attire. He does like accessories after all. Arguably most notable of his appearance is the solid black war hammer clipped to his back. You can tell that there is more to this bot than meets the eye as there seems to be a rumbling inside the core, the belly of said bot. With compartments hidden all over the place, you see a a small slat on the side that says Alex, A-L-E-X, Dash, I, I. The two of your characters sitting in your room, one in power saving mode, the other one fast asleep at the desk, are suddenly jolted awake. The spattering of rain outside wasn't the thing that did it. Instead, it was a firm knocking on your front door. Something that's strange, as it's typically only enforcers who come by giving you investigation jobs that you probably don't want, and certainly they don't want. But in this case... It's uh, knocking, not someone just striding in, bursting in to your office space. Knock, knock, knock. Uh, <clears throat> Alexi. Yes, yes. What is, what is that? Did we, did we leave the laundry on or something? Oh, uh, what's that knock, sound? Knock, knock. I don't, I don't, I don't believe so. Is, is it business hours still? Um. I don't know if I was awake for the last business hours. Well, it's three o'clock. I do believe it's still business hours. Quite unusual for us to be getting a knock at the door. Let me go take a look. Alexi walks over to the door. Hello. It, it, this is Custom Investigations. Uh, we are open. Uh, what, what can I, what, what, who are you? As you slide the door open, uh, there's a woman who stands outside in the rain. No raincoat. Instead, her hair is soaking wet, her eyes red and swollen. She's probably about five foot six. Um, 
long dark air, long dark hair uh human probably uh you would guess ballpark at first glance maybe 40 maybe 40 to 45 years old give or take um she's dressed in noble clothes like she looks wealthy into do she certainly is not someone from the undercity and you're guessing maybe not sort of like counselor level aristocratic um but certainly uh you know well to do from part of the upper city of piltover oh well let me grab my clipboard he walks over to the desk and grabs his clipboard um she steps into the room behind you uh and stands dripping wet on the floor in front of the desk wait before you go any further i, m- I must ask you a couple questions uh are you here to harm us no, no. He checks the box. Uh, are you here to uh, confiscate anything uh, that we may have appropriated uh, unknowingly or knowingly of somebody else's? No, I'm not here to rob you. Checks that box. Um, would you like some hot bean water? Uh, he means coffee. Would you like some coffee? Yeah, y- yes, coffee. She she looks around the room and and like you see that she glances at you know the the six or more uh, half drank coffee cups that are around but doesn't doesn't see uh like a hot percolator in the room and um she initially goes to say ah, yeah um no no thanks i'm fine oh that's fine you sounds like you would like sounds like you'd like some he's where he's he checks that box as well uh, please sign here he turns the clipboard uh, to her she sort of absent-mindedly uh doesn't even really look at, at what you've handed her but just signs her name and then hands the pen to you well, well, thank you. He, he takes it, takes it, goes and puts it on a stack of clearly uh, like waivers that have not been even looked at or touched in like quite some time. Anyway, uh, <laughs> th- now that that's out of the way, welcome to custom investigations. Um, uh, d- would you like to go ahead? He turns to his partner. She still has her feet up on the uh, the desk and has since moved the bowler hat back off of her uh, bright green eyes. Uh, but uh, the bowl of nachos remains, and she's kind of like thumbing around through it, like kind of looking for a not soggy nacho, uh, and looks up. Yeah, actually, you can take a seat somewhere. Alexi, get a chair for our uh, guest, hopefully client. Um, are you uh, you uh, taking new jobs then? I came by to see if you were taking new jobs. He kind of, Alexi comes from the back room with uh, kind of a very old, very rickety wooden chair that does not seem to be balanced by any measure. And he kind of places it behind the woman and almost like bumping into the back of her knees, <laughs> like insinuating that she sit down. <laughs> she says, she sort of like startles uh, it just a bit and then says thank you and takes a seat in the in the like the chair and as she sits down it sort of rocks to one side and once again sort of startles her but she seems to find a way to sort of like balance it where it's only on two of four legs uh the whole time and just sort of slightly teetering back and forth on the uneven wooden floor of your office alexi goes and stands on the side of the desk and he's kind of like unknowingly like rocking with her as she kind of (laughs) rotates in this chair trying to balance every time she rocks he also kind of rocks just to try to stay on the same plane as her uh, she looks uh, up at the red-haired uh, last thumbing around at the nachos and she says, are you the owner? Uh, My name's Ada. She, she like, is was still looking at the nachos and then, like, uh, almost, like, shakes out of it and puts the nachos down, uh, sort of leans over across the desk, knocking a few things off of it, a stapler sort of tumbles, 
Ellie Dietz. Uh, nice to meet you. Yes, I am the co-owner. Of course, uh, you've already met my business partner, Alexi. He waves excitedly. Yeah. Yes, P pleasure to meet you. Once again, my name is Ada, and I think I need your help. Got it. Yes, uh, most people do come to us uh, for help. Sometimes they come for Invention Consulting, which is also a service we offer. Uh, be sure to tell your friends because um, not a lot of people can really get things done quite as efficiently, especially when it comes to uh, uh, electronic integrations as myself. But uh, <clears throat> that's not what you came here for. Alexi, do we have any? Did, did you sign the form? Did we get the waiver? She signed the form. Yes, she did. And if oh, you'd like excellent. a business card, we will go ahead and think about making them. Uh, we've been considering it, um, but we just need more interest. So if you or any of your other friends want a business card, we will definitely think about it. Uh, business cards, a little pricier, slightly outside our budget range. Uh, Lexi here, you know, he does gobble up quite a bit in terms of repairs. <clears throat> it's not to my fault. Um, I need your help. I, I, I need your help finding my son. Who is your son? My son's name is Otto Font. He went missing a few nights ago. Um, he was at a party. The enforcers won't help me. They say he's a suspect. So Ellie, as Ada says that, it sort of triggers something in your brain. Uh, and your eyes dart across your desktop. And there on the desktop is a newspaper from like two days ago um, where uh, there was an enforcer... Uh, raid or it, to you it seems like a raid like you're you're not real sure like the article is not terribly clear but it was like it wasn't on the front page but it was on like the third page um, but it was like a, a relatively large article um, by a local reporter um, from Piltover where they're outlining there was some sort of uh, sort of a, a, a Piltover University party that was held off campus that had gone wrong um, and uh, the Piltover enforcers had been called in um, and there was a, a bunch of students there uh, who had had a bit too much to drink, it seems. Um, but there was a fight of some type. One of the students uh, was uh, declared dead uh, the, the following day. Um, and so, like, it's triggering. Uh, Ada is here about her son, who is somehow involved in, in what's been in the paper the last few days. Hmm. Um, am I to assume that your son is of the age to attend the university. Yes. And he's a really good boy. I don't know what type of crowd he was running with, but mm. listen, after the party, I haven't heard from him. And I have tried to reach out to a couple of his friends and I haven't heard from them either. And I don't know where they are. And my son isn't the one to not respond and he's not one to not return to his room and the enforcers they say I can't enter his room at the university anymore they say that he's a suspect but I know that my son wouldn't have done anything like what happened at that party and I need help clearing my son's name I need somebody to find him I need to know that he's I need to know that my son's okay hmm well, tears notwithstanding, there is certainly an avenue for us to pursue this investigation. Of course, uh, it's no surprise to me that the enforcers, dolts that they are, were ineffective. It's also of no surprise to me that your son's friends 
shall we say, uh, are largely cowards. There, I said it. The university breeds the like. Nonetheless, uh, I believe we have the means and, of course, hopefully the motive to take this case. My husband and I can pay your price. Just tell us what it is. We need to find our boy. Oh, we're hired. Let me get my good mustache. And he goes to the back. It does seem we have an accord. Alexi will bring you our pay rates, and uh, we can get that all ironed out. Here are our pay rates. Please sign this form. Ada thanks both of the investigators profusely and turns to the door, heading back out into the storm that hangs over Piltover. So boom, there you have it, guys. I uh, I hope that that was fun for you all. I you know I I have a sneaking suspicion that our le- like our regular listener base, you know, being a Legends of Runeterra uh, podcast, can can immediately uh, appreciate the the theme. Uh, if you didn't pick up on it, we are starting off our uh, tabletop RPG podcast in uh, the setting of Runeterra, specifically within like the show Arcane. Uh, which we all have watched and and just adored. And uh, Mark is going to be leading us through our first uh, campaign. And and that's, and you know, we're not just going to be exploring Runeterra's universe throughout the course of the show. One big thing for our direction has been to explore multiple worlds, multiple settings and systems, and really allow the three of us to, enjoy the full scope of tabletop RPGs because, you know, although we have all played Dungeons and Dragons at one point or another together and apart, uh, there's so much out there and we want to be able to explore it all and bring really cool, you know, shared story building and storytelling experiences uh, to you guys because at the end of the day, we're going to be playing RPGs together one way or another. So, we figured the best thing to do here, and I think that, uh, you know, guys, feel free to chime in, um, is to really bring that passion to you all, the community. Yeah. Listen, we've realized there's so many people from our community who love tabletop RPGs already, who love Arcane, who love Runeterra lore, and we've enjoyed all of those things as well. And uh, and as we have done some playing of D&D and other tabletop RPGs, together uh me gibby and dbn we've realized how much we've enjoyed that and we thought you know what i think we can really create a a show that um showcases the storytelling um that showcases the narrative uh that showcases sort of the humor and the joking and the friendship and everything you know like my longest standing friends are the people that i've been playing dungeons and dragons with for 20 years and I've said it for a long time, friends that game together, stay together. There's something that happens around the, around the table. Yeah. Around the table that binds you together. And we really want to bring the joy of that um, and introduce that to our community for people who've never played D and D, but have been thinking about it. Maybe this encourages you to get into it for people who've maybe been playing for years, but haven't picked it back up in a while. We're going to be exploring other tabletop RPG stuff. So just to be clear, 
um, we're going to be releasing uh, an episode zero um, on a brand new uh, podcast uh, RSS feed. Um, it's actually already set up, but we're going to be publicizing it and sending it out to the world um, probably at the end of February with the release of episode zero. That's going to give you the pilot and also introduce you to the characters and the setting for people who need to get caught up. And then there is going to be five episodes that are going to be releasing. Those will be coming out bi-weekly. Um, and then you're wondering, well, what about my what about my guys, right? I, I have them one week a month for Legends cast on the second week. The first and third week is going to be this almost legend show that I might check out. What about the fourth week? The fourth week is going to be a sort of out-of-character conversation between the three of us about uh, tabletop RPG news, uh, one-shots of other tabletop RPGs that we're checking out, um, and I'm also like, just sort of behind-the-scenes, behind-the-curtain conversation about the lore and the planning that went in to those month's episodes. You can come back and catch the recap of some of that stuff. So we're really, really excited about what's going to be coming with the Almost Legends podcast and the Camp Legend Network. We're, we're just ecstatic about it. We've been working on it like crazy, and once again, doesn't happen without the support of the patrons. We've been able to save up patron support over the last five five six months i guess guys and uh and that's going yeah. in to making sure that we have good logos and making sure we have good you know audio stuff making sure uh that we have everything in place that we're going to need to make sure that we can launch a successful show uh and that wouldn't be possible without you guys we're so appreciative of of you we tried to make imagine we tried to convince imagine dragons to also write a song for us Mm-hmm. For Camp Legends and Almost <laughs> Legends, but we just couldn't do it. It just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Uh, it's just a no scheduling conflict. We had you know, $75. We, they wanted to. <laughs> they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I would be remiss if I didn't let this joke fly, but I didn't want to I just didn't want to chime in. You're talking about how we have a lot of varied interests. We are not a one-stop game shop. We are <laughs> we have a lot of different ideas under under our hat that we are very excited about. There's a lot of different systems that we've thrown around starting out with, but it made the most sense for us to uh, start with what we know in this, in this uh, arcane LOR timeframe using a system we're familiar with, but you can expect some wild and crazy things, not only to happen in this campaign that we're going to be starting out with, but as we transition to other shows and even we transition to other roles, maybe we'll have new DMs. Maybe we'll have, uh, some different some different things uh, come into play that will make an entirely new campaign and tabletop RPG experience. So yeah. buckle up, let's do it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's so great, and uh, yeah, I I love it. The first five uh, episodes, I'm gonna get the chance to be able to be the dungeon master of. Uh, but the reason that we're doing five is we want to get our our feet wet and try it out because it's not something we've done. Before. We've never done a D and D game with the intention of publishing it live, publishing it like, and, and putting it out for people to listen to. So it is brand new to us. Um, and we want to be able to put out the best possible product for people to listen to. Um, and we think we can do a lot of learning through Arcane, but we also know how rich and vibrant and incredible Arcane season one was. And, uh, and we cannot wait to get into that world and kind of see what story oh. we are able to tell uh, from that world, which is really exciting. So excited. Yeah, very, very mm-hmm. exciting. Well, guys, uh, let's close this episode with a quick closing thoughts. And uh, I also want to encourage everybody, if you have thoughts about the upcoming, uh, what we're going to be doing, changes, uh, any questions that you might have, 
please, please, please head over um, to our Discord and ask us there. And if you don't want to ask it in Discord, you can always DM it to me in Discord. Or you can now email us at camplegendnetwork at gmail.com. Camplegendnetwork at gmail.com. At hotmail.com. No, I almost had to be hotmail, but it at didn't. AOL.com. <laughs> AOL, I was like, how unprofessional will hotmail be? But Camp Legend was taken, so I had to add network to it. So, But and I got it. We're adding a MySpace. <laughs> we're adding That's a MySpace. Right. <laughs> and you can find us exclusively on LinkedIn, where we'll upload our episodes, <laughs> and you have to listen to them without the convenience of a podcasting app. Uh, Come find us in Club Penguin. Yeah, it's really <laughs> exciting. And we'll be in Wizard 101. Um, you might not even get that reference, but it was a terrible free MMO that was in a web browser for a while. Uh, okay, uh, let's go ahead and... and RuneScape, last one. RuneScape. <laughs> let's work our way out of here. Uh, we'll jump into some closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. Guys, the closing thought segment is uh, just a segment for us to share a little bit about, you know, life in general. And I thought that there was nothing more fitting than going back to the subject of change with the announcements that we just made and the short of trailer that you just listened to for the upcoming Almost Legends stuff, knowing that there's going to be some changes to Legends cast and what we're doing. I just want to go back and reiterate uh, some stuff I've said before in the show on closing thoughts. Change is a good thing. I know that sometimes we're so resistant to change and we don't want anything to change. We like things kind of in our routine, but change challenges us. It causes us to grow. Um, life is not meant to be lived stagnant and surviving. Life is meant to be lived thriving. And, uh, and change off, often offers us the opportunity to thrive. It gives us opportunity to be disappointed, but it also gives us opportunity to see new things and to step into new things. We knew that there was a change coming for Legends cast. And instead of seeing that as like, ah, uh, oh, man, like this sucks. And what are we going to do? And uh, we really want to podcast. It was like, no, we see this golden opportunity to take a community who we love and adore and who has been committed to the content that we were making. Many of you, without even playing the game frequently, you've been tuning in. And to be able to take you guys with us on this new adventure um, to explore new stories and do something new. So maybe you're in life right now and you have a big change coming up, a change in jobs. Maybe you're going to have a kid for the first time. Maybe marriage is right around the corner. Maybe you just went through a breakup. Whatever it is that you have going on in life right now and you're feeling like, man, change is a little overwhelming and I don't really want to deal with it. Change is the way that we grow and the way that we develop. And it is a good thing. Sometimes too much of it can be a little overwhelming. Don't get me wrong. I totally get that. Um, but when we can see the opportunity in change and embrace change instead of trying to avoid change and becoming bitter about change, our lives have a really great opportunity to improve and to grow and to develop. And so this is an upcoming change for us. We're excited for it. We hope that you are as well. Uh, that's going to close my closing thoughts to either of you guys have anything to add before we close out what I believe will be a show um, that will will be sort of like a watershed moment for our community and, and for us three. Uh, moving forward you know this this announcement is the biggest announcement that we have made since saying that tesla is dead i really believe it is yeah i mean for me closing thoughts to to add change is uncomfortable change is scary and i think what makes it less scary is when you involve the people around you that you care about and that care about you and you share your fears and you share how scary and uncomfortable change is for you 
with other people that you care about around you. Because what are they going to do? They're going to support you. They're going to rally around you. And they might even share their fears if they're going through change or changing with you. So there's never, nobody should have to go through change alone. Uh, this, this change that we're going through on the podcast as we transition to Camp Legends and Almost Legends and all these new things that we've got coming is definitely even easier for me as I share my, uh, my fears and uh, where I feel incompetent at times as a, as a podcaster and as, uh, as a tabletop RPG player uh, with, uh, with Mark and DBN. And, and we rally around each other and we're doing this all together. And it, it makes it so much easier when you, when you just openly share with, your, with the people that you care about uh, what change means to you and you guys get through it together. I'm hype. I'm just hype. I'm just residually excited. <laughs> just so pumped, bro. Yes, it's going to be awesome, and we cannot wait uh, for you to come along with us. We hope that you enjoyed the trailer today, and be sure to keep tuned in for future announcements, both about Camp Legend, which you're going to see some changes coming up over the next couple of weeks in Discord and on Patreon, and the Almost Legends podcast due to begin releasing in March of 2022, just about three weeks away. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Just want to let you know, community, we appreciate you. We care about you. Thanks for being so awesome and so incredible. Thanks for listening to what we make. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode. And uh, be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.